and welcome back to uh, to Speaking About Speaking with me, Jackie Goddard, after a break of a couple of weeks. So it's lovely to be back. And I was just talking to my guest, Maureen McCowan, here about the fact that I am trying to re-familiarise myself with how this all works. So lovely to be here and lovely to have you with me, Maureen. Thank you welcome. very much, Jackie. Delighted to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, no, it's lovely to have you here. Um, so just a little bit of an intro to Maureen. You are a public speaking coach and founder of Soft Skill Success. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you work with teams and individuals to unlock their speaking confidence. So yes. you're in the right place. Yes, so, it sounds right. <laughs> uh, so you've got 30 years of experience of presenting, teaching and connecting. And you're on a mission to take the fear out of speaking in public. Mm-hmm. Uh, and believe that there's no reason why networking, pitching, reporting and presenting can't be productive, successful and enjoyable for everyone. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely a, a woman after my own heart. So, so yeah. So tell us a little bit about your background and the background to soft skill success. So soft skill success, I started in 2019. And prior to that, I had been a secondary school teacher here in Ireland. So I'm, li- I'm living in Ireland, quite close to Dublin. And I was teaching languages, so Irish and French. So communication skills have been there all along. And uh, I took a career break back in 2018, in September 2018, and decided I was going to do something different. And long story short, the something different ended up training as a trainer and then eventually setting up my own business in February of 2019. And the reason for training or training in this area and public speaking was I had been a member of Toastmasters for about 11 years. And in that, one of the roles that I did, as uh, all members can do, is that you can mentor other members coming in. And I could see the challenge that so many people had from the nervousness that they had from speaking in public and how much it was holding them back. I remember Mm. one new member, she was, I was her mentor. She was giving her first speech one evening and I was sitting beside her beforehand. And she said to me afterwards, if I hadn't been sitting there, she would have ran out of the room. She was so nervous. So, and that can transfer to the workplace as well. And it holds people back. So I knew that there was a need there. I felt that I had the skills and the ability to be able to help people. And that's how it started. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Toastmasters is a a great institution for people just to get up and and practice. Why Why do you think people, if they are that nervous, why do you think they put themselves through it? Why would they join something like Toastmasters knowing that they have to step in front of an audience and speak? Yeah, I think it's because they have to do it in the workplace very often and it's they they have to get a practice space somewhere. And as both Toastmasters offers that it's it is a slow burner when it comes to it. You know, you've got a long time to make progress over a long period of time, but it is that safe environment that um is good for helping people to develop those skills. And one of the things that I really liked about it was it's so much more than delivering speeches that you have the opportunity in so many different areas. I know. Are you familiar with Toastmasters, Jackie? Have you been a member? Or I've no, no, I've not. And I really sh- I really should just because yeah. of what I do. But I've worked with people that are members of Toastmasters. Mm-hmm. So I've obviously um, helped. Uh, the, I think it was there were a couple of Toastmaster members 
that were doing something specific. And so Toastmasters asked me <laughs> to come in and work with, with these, yes. these two particular, these yeah. two particular um, members. So I've worked with them, but I've never sort of been along. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, one of the elements of it is where you have table topics. So it's where there's a, and it's a fun part of the evening, but a topic is given and that you have to speak on for between a minute and two minutes if you can. And that was my biggest challenge at the start. I found that so, so difficult. And it's even coming to the, to realize, do you know what, if I don't have anything to say on this topic, that's okay. And the ground doesn't open up and swallow me if I say the wrong thing or make a mistake. Yeah. And it's one of the things, I suppose, that we have to come to realize that you know, the world doesn't actually revolve around us and what we say. And people aren't waiting for us to make mistakes and to fall flat on our faces. And I think that's a, a good learning to have in itself as well. And to become yeah. more relaxed about what we're saying and if we're making a mistake or not it's you know move on it's life no absolutely yeah. absolutely I mean I do I've started a, a speaker club over here and on the south coast mm -hmm. where I live and uh, it's lovely to I suppose it's I mean I've never been to a, a Toastmasters but I, it must be similar because I do uh, I have a section which I just call like an open mic or a hot hot seat uh, which is what I used to do in, in my acting classes when I was mm. teaching acting, was to get people onto uh, a, a chair and just throw a topic at them, which is, uh, I assume is kind of what Toastmasters does. I've got a series of questions that people have to, they, they it's like a lucky dip. They pull out of a bucket and, mm. you know, they, they have a, a question or a statement that they have to speak about for a minute. Um, and yeah, so I assume that's that's quite similar. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But it is that and thing of, of kind of... Um, of getting comfortable with talking off the top of your head and and as you say, knowing that the, the ground isn't going to open up and swallow you, that there are no mistakes, that it's actually not about you. Uh, in, in, most of the time, it's actually about the audience and the people that you are speaking to. It is. It yeah. is. And, you know, and so much of it depends on how you deal with that situation as well, because if you're up at the top of the room or if somebody is sitting on that hot seat that you have and if they are really uncomfortable with, you know, the topic and the, that that uh, being uncomfortable is transmitted to the audience and the audience feel uncomfortable for them. Whereas if they have that question and they're thinking, I don't know what I'm going to say, but they can relax and they're they, they, they laugh and they're relaxed about it, then the audience feel comfortable for them as well. And it's the same from a, a confidence point of view. I'm a member of the Professional Speakers Association now and a couple of events that I've been to and I've seen people where they have got a complete blank, completely forgot what they were going to say in the middle of it. And two people that I saw that both handled it differently, but really, really well. And one person just stopped speaking she literally dropped her head you could see that she was gathering her thoughts she looked completely calm so the audience were completely calm and then when she got her place she lifted her head and she carried on and the rest of the speech went perfectly and the other person had their notes over to the side so she just looked she gave a bit of a smile walked very casually over to the side glanced at her notes and then came back took her space and continued and in both cases it was really powerful the way that they dealt with it whereas if they had started to get flustered and upset then they, that transfers to the audience absolutely absolutely is that is that you know i say all the time that the audience will mirror 
whatever mm. it is that you are presenting. Uh, so if you are feeling embarrassed or awkward or flustered, then that makes the audience feel exactly the same. So mm. yeah, keep keep your calm and don't worry. If as long as you've got the audience on your side by walking out confidently and 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 engaging them, then they'll go with you. You know, yeah. they'll be they'll be very happy to to wait and and absolutely understand because. There, it was it 73% of people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of dying. So you can guarantee that 73% of the audience will be on your side because they know how it feels to be to be uh, frightened of actually speaking in public. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the the teaching background and what you what you've brought from being a teacher into the space that you inhabit now. Well, it's interesting because when I was leaving the teaching world behind me, first of all, I was thinking, what skills do I have or how am I going to be able to adapt and change into a different world? But it's very, very similar. If I, you know, if I'm working with a, a company and I'm putting a training program together for them, it's the planning and the or the pre-work and the exercises that you're doing and thinking about how you're going to build in engagement. All of that comes naturally to me. It's second nature to me. When COVID hit and everybody was thrown into a, a situation where we all had to think about how do I adapt and how do I change, I was used to adapting and changing class plans at the drop of a hat from my teaching days. I taught most of my career was teaching in an all boys school and you could arrive into a class one day and suddenly discover that half of them were gone because they had a football match that they were playing, but they hadn't told you about it because they didn't want to be given extra work when they were off. So you have to adapt on the fly and just get, you know, a class that's going to be delivered and be able to do that. So all of those skills come in very, very handy for something like this, you know, and the amount of learning that I've done since setting up a business, regardless of what the business is, but the amount of learning that I've had to do about sales and marketing and all sorts of things, social media, because when I was teaching, my social media accounts were all totally private. I wasn't allowing anybody access to anything. So that was a big mind shift that I had to do to um, become visible on social media and putting out posts and putting out um, videos and the information that I put out there to to help people. So all of that was a big change as well. So there's lots of, I suppose, elements from my previous life that I've brought and then add, adding to that as well now. So it's uh, yeah. big changes. Yeah, no, I'd, I'm sort of from a teaching, I didn't teach in schools necessarily, but I taught uh, after school clubs and mm. workshops for the last sort of 30 odd years. So it's oh, 30 odd years, what am I talking about? 20 odd years. Um, I make myself really old. Um, and actually, there's so many transferable skills. And I know so, so many people in our space that have come from a teaching background, mm. because I think just the practice of standing in front of a class and speaking every day is just something we get used to. It's yes. something that's part of, of our everyday life. Yeah, yeah, you do. And, you know, there's voice projection and all those type of things that are there, but mm. it's dealing with, you know, different learning styles. You've got that, that you know, there, there are things that are second nature that you don't even think about anymore, you know, just what, what you do. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely has transferred very well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, if there's anybody out there listening, then please do drop us a question in the comments because we're we're happy to answer any questions you might have about speaking. We're going to move on and I'm going to ask a question uh, any minute now about soft skills and why uh, Maureen has called her company Soft Skill Success. Uh, because I think that that's a, 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 a huge area that has been undervalued in the workspace. So if anybody's got any questions out there about that or would like to make a comment, then please do add them. And if you're watching on the replay, do leave a comment or a question below and we will endeavor to get back to you. So yeah, please do join in, come and join us. So Maureen, on that, on that subject of soft skill, why, mm -hmm. did you, why did you call your company soft skill success and what to you is the value of learning soft skills? So the the name, I suppose, when anybody's starting out a business and it's the big thing, what am I going to call it? What's the name going to be? And and at the beginning, when I was starting out, I was thinking, what exactly am I going to be delivering training in? What's this going to look like? And the whole soft skill area seemed very broad for starters, but it also seemed very interesting and necessary. And the more that I was reading about it and learning about it, the more necessary that I realized that it was. But the name then sort of changed, not that the name, but the direction that I brought the business in changed slightly because when I was at one of my first networking events, because I started networking before the business was officially founded because I had to get to know people and get to know business people coming from a different background. But a piece of advice that I got from my business very early on was you need to niche down and that if I was going to be delivering soft skills training with a whole range that could fall under that umbrella, that it was too broad. So I decided, OK, I'm going to focus on what I know and what I'm comfortable with. And that was the communication and presentation skills. So then it was, do I change the business name? And I decided not to because it was keeping it broad to allow for expansion, if that's something, if that's the route that I choose to go. So that's a very long answer to how the name came about. But for the, the need for it, you know, it's something that we hear about so often and if you take a look at any of the studies that come out or reports that come out of the top skills that employers are looking for soft skills comes out so frequently and whether that is for negotiation skills or being able to you know listening which is a hugely undervalued communication skill whether it is being able to lead meetings effectively whether it's being able to deal with awkward questions at meetings and all of those elements of communication skill. It's far more than standing on a stage and delivering a presentation or delivering a speech when people are thinking about public speaking. It's putting yourself into a range of situations and the skills that are so necessary for that, you know, and very often I think people don't even think about the implications of it all. I know there was a client that I had recently came to me and said, you know, I've got really, I need help with my public speaking. When I was asking him about how is he when he's leading a meeting? Yeah, no problem. How is he when he's contributing to a meeting? Yeah, no problem. And that's public speaking, but it's under a different category. So the issue that he had, the challenge that he had was actually delivering presentations. And um, when you take a look at it, it's, it's seeing, well, what areas do I really need help with if it's a case that you're looking for help with, with public speaking skills? What elements is it? Because 
it fascinates me the number of people who leave voice messages on radio shows here in Ireland. It's a very popular way DJs love when people drop have voice messages. And all of those, it's public speaking. And you don't have people shying back from that. So I think an awful lot of it is our perception of it. Though, again, it's going slightly off tangent there from your soft skills question, but focusing in on, on the area, I suppose, that I would be the most familiar with within that large, broad umbrella. Yeah, no, it's, that's, that is, it's, it's silly, isn't it, when we think about that? Because people don't think of those kind of things as soft skills, you know, to being able to, because we do it every single day, you know, we, mm. we improvise. I, I take people through improvisation exercises in my speaker club. And you can see they're all kind of cowering to, before we get started because it's just such an awful thing to have to think about. But it's what we do every day. I'm improvising right now. I don't have a script. You know, you yes. don't have a script. Yes. We, we converse. Yeah. It's a two-way conversation. And it's the same when you get on a stage or in front of an audience or in a boardroom, in a presentation. It's, it is, even though it's you doing most of the speaking, it is a two-way street you know those yeah. your audience are listening they're contributing they are there so mm -hmm. so it, it, we need people to kind of just relax into it and realize that actually you know this is what this is what you do in your everyday life mm -hmm. it's it isn't any different it's yes. just being confident in yourself and and I find sometimes and I don't know if you do that sometimes uh, all people need is just the permission mm -hmm. to speak you know, some yes. people sort of think they should be this kind of way or they should be this kind of person in order to fit in. And actually, when yes. you say to them, no, you can be yourself, just be yourself. A hundred percent, yeah. And that's it, that, that you kind of give them that permission and away they go. Yes, and there's an element of relief then that they don't have to fit into a certain type of persona in yeah. order to be a good speaker you know it's something that i would, would talk about quite a lot for, for that that it, there's room for everybody there and it doesn't have to be you know the loud flamboyant person who just takes over the whole room you could be a very effective speaker and be very quiet but confident in in your knowledge when you're confident in what you're doing confident that you're adding value to a conversation or that you're adding value in the talk that you're delivering then you know, you're, you're doing a good job when it comes to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we've, we've got a, a, a contribution here. I haven't read it all through. So <laughs> from, from a user on LinkedIn. Hello, user on LinkedIn. There's a perception that soft skills are less important than hard ones, but they are complementary and speaking in public isn't as essential as working a spreadsheet. It all contributes to the bottom line. Mm. Do you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. You know, because if you take about that speaking in public and if you're talking about soft skills, it can be the approach of somebody on the telephone. The, you know, if somebody is answering a phone and what, what they're like, all of those areas where you are dealing with the public and speaking with the public, whether that is in a business situation, somebody on the shop floor in your business or whether it is at a networking event or that you're speaking at an event all of them it's the impression that you're creating it's your brand that's there all of the time that you're yes and how you're portraying yourself yeah yeah I mean it 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 works certainly with people running their own businesses that that speaking is a way of really getting across their personal brand and really yeah putting putting you know getting people to know like and trust them through the way that they they communicate so it's a very very um, essential part of of uh, of your personal brand yes 
So do you work mainly in, in, uh, in companies or do you work with individuals? Do you work with people that run their own businesses? So there's a mixture um, at the start of when I was first setting out, it was very much people who were running their own businesses that I would have met at networking events. And very often it was for that 60 second pitch, you know, that that elevator pitch that uh, people liked how I had done mine and wanted help in developing their own. So that was the, the starting point, which was great because it got me it got me known and got those fir first few testimonials in and so on. But it has progressed as time has gone on. And a lot of the, the work that I'm doing at the moment is more delivering in-house training into companies. So that's going to be tailored to whatever it is that they're looking for. Very often it's sales teams, even though it's not sales training it is on their presentations but the sales team who want to upskill in that area and it's recognizing that you know the way that they were delivering presentations maybe where they had lots of information about the company and the background and you've got the corporate slide deck and all of those things that there's a different way of doing it and that they can connect because it has to be about connecting with that audience whoever that audience is mm -hmm. so how do they connect and how do they deliver that message well and for one-to-one -one clients, very often they are either newly promoted or they have their eye on a promotion and they want to upskill that they know that this is an area that they need to really work on. So that communication skills and presentation skills and developing those so that they can lead those meetings effectively or that they can be confident when they're speaking to their client or more senior management or whatever it's going to be. So mm -hmm. they, it's and there's great variety in it which is one of the things that i love as well you know that client that uh, i was working with i delivered training to his company he was the md of a company so i had delivered training to their sales team but also individually to him because there was a, a an anniversary meal coming up and he was delivering a talk at a gala dinner and then he was at another occasion going to be a, a on a panel for a conference and he just wanted some guidance and some preparation for that and that's back to our, what we we're talking about earlier you know when you're talking about um more impromptu type of speaking situations you can still have some preparation work done for that panel yeah. even though it's going to be more off the cuff but there's still work that you can do in advance and thinking yeah. through yeah no so, yeah Absolutely. I'm just going to, uh, I've got another comment here from Mo, this time LinkedIn user. Our last LinkedIn user was Christoph. So hello, Christoph. This is Mo. Hello, Mo. Um, I like how you mentioned your speaking when leading a meeting or contributing or in other contexts, reframing how you think about being on the platform and presenting at a conference. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, it's not just about presentations, as you say, it's really about getting confident and used to speaking in those situations where, where mm -hmm. you don't have a script, you don't have a planned presentation, but just being confident Absolutely. enough to, to, to speak in any situation. Yeah, because great. you still might need at that, you know, it might be an internal meeting that you're at, but you still might need to influence others to persuade them to your point of view. So you need to have those skills to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a question here, which is how can you discover and develop your style as a public speaker? I think that the important thing is that your style is who you are when you're not in a public speaking mode as well, that there's not this this big disconnect between 
how you appear in one situation and another. I was delivering a talk at the Professional Speaking Association there recently and one person that came up to me afterwards, she said, you were exactly the same as what you are when I'm chatting to you, you know, over a cup of coffee. And that to me is what public speaking is about. It's not suddenly putting on, you know, I'm now moving into speaker mode and talking that way. It is having that connection and being yourself. And it's the same if I um, I have videos of a YouTube channel with videos and video tips and so on. And the way I am on those is the way that I am here now or if I was having a cup of coffee with somebody. So it's finding depending on the, the circumstances that are there. But even if it's in a formal setting, you can still be yourself and the relaxed conversational type of situation. If you're thinking I'm delivering a speech and it's me delivering a speech, that's one mindset. Whereas if it's like I've got important information I want to share with this audience and I'm switching into being focused about them, how am I going to deliver that in a way that they're going to find interesting that they're going to remember. And if I switch my focus that I'm thinking about that audience and how I can connect with them and have a conversation with them, then my speaking style evolves. And that yeah. would be that very much would be my take on that. Yeah, I think I would absolutely agree with that. I think it I think it really is. Um, it is about how it, how you engage with an audience is and how you make them interested is to be you and exactly that is to think about them and not about you uh got a, a, an add on to that do you not need to put on a bit of a show on a big occasion that's um that's a, an interesting one there mm. i think you know if you are if it's a big occasion so i'm going to i'm going to define a big occasion in this case that if you're on a stage if i'm on a large stage my my presence is going to be amplified rather than if I'm speaking in a small room. But the the me, we should still be coming through in the same way. So it might be a more exaggerated version. You know, if you've got your hand gestures are going to be larger, you're going to be using your space differently, but the essence of who you are should remain the same. Yeah. That, that yeah. will be my, my take on how to put on that show in a in a larger context. Yeah, absolutely. And I, again, I agree with that. Um, it's it, when you have those big occasions and you are on that stage, if you try to be somebody that you're not, that's when you're going to stumble and feel uncomfortable because you mm -hmm. uh, you have it in your mind that you might be caught out because you're not being you. If you are being you and you're being authentic, then then you can't get caught out. And mm -hmm. so that that builds a confidence that that means that you're walking onto the stage with a confidence and uh, an ability to really just be yourself. So I, yes. I think, yes, yeah, you know, use the stage, use the occasion. But yeah, absolutely. At the heart, you need to be you. So yeah. we're coming up to our half an hour already. Can you believe that? Flies. <laughs> um, and I just have to ask, because I ask everybody, is uh, in your opinion, Maureen, mm -hmm. what makes a good speaker good and a bad speaker suck? Okay. I suppose we've touched a little bit on it already, because I think what makes that good speaker good, it is somebody who is authentic and is able to create that connection with the audience, whether the audience is small or whether it's in a, a large group. And that connection is being genuine and 
you know, doesn't mean that they're, they're falling into a particular mold of what they think a good speaker should be. What makes a bad speaker suck? I think if it's it's the reverse of it, it's somebody who is focused on themselves, if they're coming out of their thinking, we say at a large event, somebody who is very much more interested in showing what they can do and talking about themselves than what they are in relating it to how that connects in with the audience. It really is about knowing where people are coming from and being able to meet them at that level and showing that you're interested in them. And if you don't, if you, if you just want to talk about your own credentials or you want to, you know, highlight everything about your latest book or whatever it's going to be without thinking about the people who are listening to you and how this relates to them, then I think that's what's really going to, to make a, a speaker suck, that they're not going to do their best, they're not going to connect because people aren't going to care. That no, that's would be, but that would be what I would take on that, Jackie. Yeah, no, absolutely. Again, I'd, I've enjoyed speaking about speaking with you because I think we're absolutely <laughs> coming, from, coming from the same page. So, so yeah, you know, a, a person that isn't listening to the audience and doesn't know who their audience is, you know, mm. hasn't hasn't actually even taken the time to find out who it is that they're speaking to. That yeah. really does. That really does. So very quickly, any uh, best advice that you were ever given as a speaker? Best advice as a speaker would be, um, it was a Toastmasters competition that I was in a number of years ago and I had, it was a, a good speech, but I think what let me down was that I was focused on my movements and staging my movements and that created that lack of connection with the audience because in my head, I wasn't thinking about them. I was thinking about, I need to move over to this part of the stage or I have to do this. And so that um you know being yourself and not being too staged with your movements in that type of situation was something that stayed with me and you know again it's fallen back into that authenticity that we're talking about today yeah yeah not not being natural because you're too busy thinking about something else yes yeah, yeah. Uh, just a very last comment here it's hard to be humble when you're <laughs> perfect in every way um, interesting <laughs> yeah, definitely. definitely oh well it's been fantastic talking to you Maureen thank you so much for coming on and speaking about speaking with me I've really really enjoyed having you and uh, likewise Jackie thank you so much for inviting me on oh you're more than welcome and thank you to everybody that's uh that's put comments and uh interacted with us and as I say if you're watching on the replay then still add a comment uh, a question whatever we will certainly get back to you when we can so thank you thank you everybody for watching I'll be here next week with Anna Bravington and Maureen McCowan thank you so much for being here it's been a joy pleasure. my pleasure Jackie thank you so much bye bye, -bye.